All we right. got a Adidas versus Nike today. That's that is a battle. I don't know why I picked Adidas today. today. Yes, so I just did. Cool. So guys, we're rolling. All right. So be real stuff right now. Yeah. yeah. Today we're in beautiful, sunny Southern California, sitting down with Matt Marquis, the one and only CEO of Pacifica Hotels. Matt, thanks for the time today. Thank you. And we're here at Pacific Beach, right here at the new Wayfair San Diego. Uh, we just converted uh, uh, this hotel a few months ago into a Wayfair brand, and we are super excited to have you guys here joining us on this beautiful, sunny summer day. So if you can't see it, this place is awesome, right? San Diego. Surfing right out behind us. Surf on the beach. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited. And we're going to go do a walk later, take yeah. a camera crew and go walk it. So everybody watch that. Seven minutes of your life. You're going to enjoy yeah. it. All right. So I got to talk though. You, you, The reason I'm here other than this beautiful property yeah. and I want to hear all about the renovations and how you did it and why you did it and has it worked. Mm -hmm. But I'm a people person. Yeah. And the reason we're here is to talk about the people. And, and this Mar is going to get you to stop stalking me, right? <laughs> After we're done with this, no more like seeing you out no of the promises. back of my head, that kind of no thing? Promises, okay. No, no promises. Okay. No promises. But yes, thanks for saying yes. So uh, the reason I'm stalking you and the reason I want to know, you got you personally, we're good friends. Yeah. And you you are one of the best personalities in this industry. And you and your you're, family, you're very kind. Marquee family, are just unique, creative musicians, all of your outlets. And so I want to hear all of those stories all right. and how you're taking that and putting it into the hotel space. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. I'm the oldest of five, and uh, my dad started the company with a guy named Sam Battistone. They started as a, like a private equity company back in the 70s, which I'm not even sure that's a yeah, synonymous term, right. you know, 70s and private equity, but it was like 70s and entrepreneurship. And they did like Soulcat Catamarans, they did Dial Horoscope, they did all these weird operating companies. Here in California. In California. They were up in Santa Barbara. My dad was an accountant and Sam said, you don't want to count beans for your whole you know, life. Correct. My dad said, you're right, I'd like to make some money. And so boom, they started Invest West Financial, which later became Pacifica Hotels or the, the holding company for Who Pacifica Who was their money? Hotels. Where were they raising? I mean, private so, equities, you're so, raising so, lots so, of investors. So Sam, Sam Battistone was the CEO of a company called Sambo's. Now, that doesn't play very well off the tongue these days because it has a little bit of a, of a racial undertone, but back then it was a kind of a Denny's-like family restaurant. They got yeah. up to 2,000 uh, restaurants across the United States, oh, wow. so it was big. Oh, and wow. uh, a lot of his partners had a lot of money, and they wanted to diversify out yeah. of the restaurant business into other things. So they had professional sports. We did the WFL California Suns and the Hawaiian Rainbows. We uh, were the original franchisee of the New Orleans Jazz which would then move to Utah, and they have the New Orleans Saints and the Utah Jazz. Jazz. They really need to just change those two names, I think. Uh, it'd be much better for everyone. Um, but, uh, you know, so we had all these great things. Uh, unfortunately, we did not keep the Jazz. We sold them to Larry Miller at, uh, for, I think, $22 million in what year? the early 80s. Oops. Yeah, it, it really hurt, yeah. Oops. I think it just sold, Larry, Larry's family sold it for $1.6 You should have been a That would have been a good one to hold on to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had we, had we, had we kept it, we might, we might not be sitting That's here. That's true, we would not, yeah. we would not I mean, be we, talking. You know, we might, we might you know, be going to a, a jazz game or something. When the Hawks um, come to town. Yeah, okay. that would be fun. Great. Actually, yeah, Dominique was one of the, the draftees that wouldn't sign with us and ended up going to the Hawks. So, uh, interesting, yeah. We got to talk about that story. Yeah. All right, I'm asking my boy, yeah. Dominique, what do you, yeah. why not? Yeah, that's good. Because he's a UGA yeah. guy. He was standing yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. All right, sorry, continue. All right, so, yeah, so, you know, our family, it's funny, we kind of grew up a little bit like, you know, 
we were exposed to a lot of stuff. And uh, my sister ended up being a music dance theater major. Actually, when I was a kid, I was in some plays in, in elementary school and Disney came around uh, and wanted to interview a couple of kids from the play. My parents said, nah, we don't want you in entertainment. So I didn't get my shot, you know, kind of. <laughs> I was listening to Hamilton been. a little bit like lately and I was like, yeah, I missed my shot there. And, yeah, and so, you know, me and JT could have been buds and that kind of thing, but uh, in the Mickey Mouse Club, but instead I, I went through my schooling and ended up going out to New York. I uh, worked for a company uh, called Deanwood Realty in the World Trade Center, Tower 2. A fantastic experience and then went over to work for Invest Corp, uh, a la kind of the House of Gucci deal, but I was on the real estate side and uh, got some great experience, met a lot of great contacts. Uh, we ended up, uh, as I left InvestCorp, we began talking to our family company, InvestCorp, mm -hmm. and it got a little weird for me being on the InvestCorp side, so I came over to the family company side, and we ended up consummating a deal with InvestCorp, and we did, I think, 13 assets together, uh, which kind of started uh, some of our more institutional type of investment programs uh, with the company. And so that was a, that was a big deal, and it, and it, and it uh, created a lot of, uh, wealth for our investors and for our family and uh, to this day that that seed portfolio which started out as eight properties and is now down to four um, this is one of them uh, oh. the blue sea beach hotel was the original one in the in the original eight pack that investcorp bought and uh, we bought that pack back from them um, and then Recently, we've converted it into a Wayfair. What, uh, what years did you buy those eight? Um, boy, that was back in 1990, I believe. Okay. Yeah, helps yeah. buying early. Yeah, like it, no, I'm sorry, it was back in uh, 98. 98, InvestCorp. Give me these. other examples of that. Um, so, San Castle Inn up in Pismo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Inn at Venice Beach, uh, which is now the uh, uh, that's the Kinney um, in uh, Venice Beach, and the. Uh, uh, we had uh, three other properties, one of them being Pacific Suites that we sold on the transaction, and that helped us uh, create some extra equity to buy it. So we kind of flipped it out. Um, but it was a great deal. Um, uh, this, interestingly enough, for what we bought the portfolio at, yeah. um, I believe this hotel is worth more than what we paid for oh. the entire portfolio uh, today. In fact, it's probably significantly worth more. Um, and again, that timing. was a while ago, but uh, you know, almost 30 years ago now. But uh, still, uh, you know, the uh, time does truly heal, heal all wounds in our industry. Uh, so. I mean, was that the joys of inflation? I don't know if I can say that. But and you cheated. You went to California. Yeah, right. Yeah, California is, is all about appreciation. Yeah. And the nice thing is, is that we've always been kind of really focused on on uh, on yield too. So it helps to to be focused on both in this area and not be just reliant on the appreciation. So they've been cash flowing the whole time? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, this right. is one of our highest cash flowing hotels. Give me, what's the ADR here? Uh, the ADR is over 300 now. Um, and again, this is a nice hotel, but it's not, it's not, I wouldn't call this luxury it's in any way, shape, and form. How old? Yeah. 50, oh, probably 70 50, yeah, 50, year old? 50 year old hotel. Three yeah. story exterior yeah, corridor. Yeah, exactly. With blue, yeah. uh, blue Spanish tile roofs. Blue, blue yeah. Spanish tile roof. But you know, our, our family, getting back to our family though, our family, you know, we're, we're hoteliers and there's a, there's a creativity to hotels, but all of my siblings are musicians. Um, and my brother, Adam, who's going to be joining us on the walk, uh, and he actually is one of the key kind of design people in our in our uh, company of, of coming up with these creative ideas at he's the Wayfair. He's stumbling around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he, he comes up Deep with facts. all the muralists and really puts the whole package oh. together that ties it together with our with our uh, design team. And uh, and you know, Adam is a, just a phenomenal guitarist. My other brother, who's uh, who's our family council president, Chad. He's he's a phenomenal drummer. 
Uh, Chris and I both played brass. I played the trumpet. Chris played saxophone. We all sing. My sister's a music dance theater major. Um, my, my own kids, my son is at Berkeley School of Music and he's finishing up this, his last year and he's going to come out and do production. Actually at our corporate headquarters up in Orange County, we took a file room because we're going paperless like everyone, you know, 10 years ago. Of course. And we said, we don't need this file room to be this big. Let's make half of it a, a music studio. And sure. So we have a full music studio in with a office. drum set sure, yeah. and a sound booth and all that stuff. And we go down there and we record and um, we have some friends uh, uh, in the Pendry family that they, they, they're dying to come over and do some uh, recording with us now that we're partners in the new Pendry up in, uh, up in uh, Newport Beach. So uh, it, it's a fun place to go and have fun. So. I mean, we you see everyone's passions. We have a golf simulator in our office. Yes. You have a yeah. recording studio. Yes, exactly. So what, what do we do? I mean, I've heard rumors about the uh, Christmas album. Yeah, no, so, you know, it's interesting. Uh, my parents uh, divorced several years ago, and, you know, it's hard to buy for parents as they get older. Sure. You know, your parents, get, you know, all of us, we buy what we need when we want it kind of a thing. We're all, we're all you know, very, yes. very much privileged that way. And, uh, and so finding something that was a good Christmas present was hard to do. And my, especially my dad is just ruthless to buy for, you know. Oh, wow, this tie is interesting. Uh, is there a receipt here? You know, kind of a thing. And so, you know, we started saying, well, you know, let's just record some songs. And, and it started off with just like, you know, recording karaoke tracks, that kind of thing. And then slowly people said, well, you know, as we got the studio together and we had more musicians uh, in the family, we said uh, some people started making their own versions of Christmas songs and then it became not Christmas songs and then we had full albums that were mostly original music and stuff and so it became a really a fun thing and now the second or the third generation is really taking that and going to the next level and we have actually professional musicians in the family and so uh, it's very fun my the daughter third generation the grandkids yeah my daughter my daughter uh, you know she sings out in New York and and is working on getting on Broadway and she just finished a, a world premiere uh, on a new on a new show that they're doing and uh, she sings at one of the uh, uh, drag queen bars. Um, awesome. and, yeah, it's really cool. It's super awesome. fun. I, in fact, I, I haven't been yet because she's been doing this for a while. We've had a busy year this year, but I can't wait to get out to New York. What to see volume that. Christmas album are we on now? Uh, uh, oh, I, we have to be on like 20. In fact, my, awesome. my sister awesome. this last year did a compilation of all of them, and it's like, I think it's like almost like 60 songs that we put together for our parents over the years. Um, so there's a lot of music to listen to. Not all great. I mean, I mean a lot. Of, and most of mine is pretty rough. You know, you get in there and you start recording and you go, wow, I sound so much better when I'm singing karaoke <laughs> at a bar yeah. or yeah. in the shower or something like that. But it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do. It's a fun uh, passion in the family. And, and it's something, it's kind of like tennis. You know, like basketball and volleyball. I played both those in, in uh, high school and uh, in college. And you know, at, at a certain point in your life, your body starts saying, let's not do that anymore. You know, my knees, you know, they, they don't really love it. There's not yeah. a lot of cartilage left in them. <laughs> but, you know, for singing, you can continue to do that. You can continue to improve your techniques and learn things. And my son's teaching me things now in the studio. And it's just a lot of fun. So, That's, so where did this musical talent come from? Where you know, I think, it, you know, in my family, I, I have to give both sides of the family uh, due credit. My dad, my dad was in a, a college like doo-wop band, you know, and okay. they were, they, I think they almost made it on Lawrence Welk or something like that. If you, if you're old enough to know what Lawrence Welk is, yes. um, but uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Saturday Night Live skits, Thank I'm sure you. that's, that's you what know. you know. But, uh, but yeah, so he was very musical and uh, he actually was a snare drum player in marching band. So he, he had a little bit of drumming in him. And then my father-in-law uh, was a cornet player, trumpet player. And so, and he was in a, um, a band in high school called the Gay Blades. Um, 
which yeah, it would play very interestingly in today's world. Um, but uh, but uh, they they just are uh, amazing uh, musicians that kind of encourage their children to look at things and pursue pursue things. It's interesting. My wife's family is more the jocks, and in fact, when people see us and you know, I. I I'm a little bigger, you know, now than I was in high school, and people are like, "Oh, did you play did. football?" And I'm like, "No, I was a volleyball mm -hmm. player." But uh, my wife's really the jock in the family. She was also a great volleyball player volleyball. and stuff. But uh, but they definitely, uh, her mom's musically talented too, and so it comes from both sides of in my, for my kids. But all of the other kids, I know Adam's daughter's a phenomenal singer at age 11. Um, Chris has great little rappers in his family uh, that, that love to rap. His is like, I think his seven-year-old or eight-year-old Nolan is just this really cool little rapper guy. Um, and Michelle has uh, singers in her family. So it's just a fun, it's a fun family kind of tradition. So. I, I, I mean, I love it. I, I can't wait for the next album yeah, to come yeah. out. We're, I'm already excited for Christmas. Um, all right, so give me this though, but now I'm gonna dive in. Not actually, sorry, really quickly. We this last year we did a Pacifica album as our investor and and kind of vendor gift, and we put one of my son's original songs on it. That, so that's what it's you called Shore do. Break, which you know very apropos for our our portfolio. Gotta make sure along the, the shore. Yeah. Get on the list. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get you one Holiday if you didn't get one. Album. I think you probably did get one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, all right, love it. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna not dive in too deep because I don't scratch too deeply. But yeah. what? Um, but it. Family dynamics can be tricky. Yeah, music, oh, yeah. business, the like. Mm -hmm. Maybe, the, maybe the band. Yeah, uh, gives us some. So, give me, tell me how what the family dynamics are. Who's doing what? Well, it's you know, and you you, you equate it to bands. You know, you see bands right. split up all the time. I was just watching the new Wham one. I was a big Wham fan growing up in the '80s. George Michael. George yeah, Michael. I mean, I'm happy. I'm I'm coming out of the closet on that Things one. I, I love George. But that was a great Netflix documentary they did, and they just talked about how they amicably split. And that even my dad when he was doing his business with Sam, they, they just at one point, you know, Sam had money, he would did it for the passion of sports and restaurants and all the fun stuff. And my dad, you know, really wanted stability. And so at some point they kind of got together and they said, hey, why don't you take the operating companies? My dad took kind of the real estate and they amicably split. And, you know, to this day, I still reach out and talk to Sam. Sam won the first Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, it was awarded the first Lifetime Achievement Award in our company. We do them now, oh. uh, we have an award every year when we do our, corporate uh, retreat. And, How old is uh, Sam now? Sam is well into his 80s okay. and uh, just a phenomenal guy. Um, and but, dad holds And dad. Dad, dad, dad won the second Lifetime course, Achievement Award he uh, after he, uh, after he sold there, the company to us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a condition, no. But uh, he, he did, a, he did a, a great... Who won the third Lifetime Achievement? Uh, there has been no third. All right, yeah, I'm waiting so, to see the third. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm working hard, ones. but I'm not sure I'm going to get... I'm not sure I'm going to make the bar, yeah. So... But uh, the uh, you know the, keeping the keeping the band together. Yes. You know it's hard. You know my dad and I were a, kind of a partnership for a long time. It wasn't truly a family business. It was a partnership. And and uh, over time, as he got older and decided what he wanted to do with his assets and ownership, uh, we decided to make it a family business. We actually went to Harvard's uh, Family School of Business and uh, with John Davies, who's one of the probably foremost uh, family business advisors. Um, he helped us, he and his team out there helped us uh, kind of set the foundation for what is our family constitution, our family norms. Um, you know, I'm in YPO. Yeah. Um, I think you are Same. too. And, uh, you know, we have forum norms. We have family norms. And, you know, to be able to work in our family company as a family member, other than maybe an internship or a summer job or something like that to kind of get exposed to it. And those are all very highly encouraged because even if you're not going into the industry, we want you to be aware of it, and we want you to be a good steward at some point when you 
are owning part of the family company. And so that you understand how the family business works. My daughter, you know, like all good actors and musicians in the world today, um, she's a bartender. And uh, she's a singing bartender, but she's a bartender and she works in the industry at the, you know, the, the front line level. And it's, it, it did me such great pride. I, we went out to pitch a big, huge asset management firm in Wall Street. I brought my whole corporate team out. And we went, went and did the pitch, and then that night we went to her rooftop bar, and my head of food and beverage, Mac McGregor, um, you know, he is one of the international mixology judges. I mean, he is like one of the top guys in the industry with mixology and cocktails. And I said, you know, I want you to kind of give my daughter some, some you know, some, some, some feedback. And he was like, wow, she's just done so well. And it just, it, it, was, it yeah. was one of the great moments in my career to see my daughter get, get uh, you know, some kudos from the team. And, and that kind of stuff, I think, is really remembering what's important. I mean, business is business and family is family. And there is a delineated line between the two. But the family is really the important part of what we value. The business is hugely important. And we have to make decisions sometimes that are difficult for family members to understand because we have to do it for the best the best of the business but the family is still the most important thing in our lives and it's 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 an interesting balance to do it that way i, I appreciate but, your courage to discuss yeah. i agree with everything you're saying because we're family business yeah. and in our industry there's lots of family businesses yes. right and that mm -hmm. i would argue that family dynamic is one of the trickiest parts yeah. of what we do business in theory is easy making decisions good mm -hmm. bad it worked it didn't work you can move on Family is feelings and emotions yes. and egos and mm -hmm. touchy-feely things that uh, are a little more complicated to do. Ten or, ten or 15 years ago, we were down here at uh, Coronado at the, uh, the family business conference, and we were speaking, my dad and I, and uh, we followed the Marriott family, who we know, yeah. and I live near a bunch of them in Orange County, and uh, they gave their presentation about you know their big family business in our industry, and it happened to be in the same industry, and then me, my dad and I get up and we're talking about the worst day in family business. And it was, you know, during yeah, the wait. divorce when oh, I had to show up at a board meeting and things were just falling apart. And I looked at my dad and I said, hey, I gotta go deal with mom. I hope you're on the next flight out. And it was, you know, and it was talking about the tough parts of being in a family business and, and being very open and transparent about it. And that's, that's something I think I really enjoy in today's culture is that you know, social media is a cause for a lot of anxiety disorders and depression and all those things, and I really feel bad for the younger generations having to deal with that. But there is a transparency that can happen through social media if you allow it that really allows for great learning. And I think, you know, us, us being very uh, vulnerable at that family business conference, uh, it healed some wounds even. And it was really a good, a good thing for my dad and I to be able to do, very therapeutic. This is just the two of you. Do you have just the, rest the two of us. And he right. he gave his it. he gave his view, and I gave my view, and so and we didn't really compare notes, so it was really interesting. So, but it, but we got a lot of good feedback, and, and people were very appreciative that we were able to discuss some difficult things you about family business. Didn't have, right. Yeah, and again, you know, there's a lot of family businesses that don't make it through some of the tough times, and and you know, you hear the statistics about you know what is it, eighty something percent yeah. don't make it to the the third generation or something like that. Are you guys going to continue? Oh, yeah. Pacific yeah, going to make it to the fourth yeah, generation? Yeah, no, exactly. And so what we are doing is we are actually strategically positioning ourselves as a, as a family business um, because there's a family business and then there's Pacifica Hotels. Yep. And we have a phenomenal management company that is really kind of a standalone business of itself, 
wholly owned by the, the family at this point. Um, the, we have our, our investment platform, and we're beginning to develop our family office, which will not only be uh, a, a major provider of equity and, and capital for our hotel investment platform, but we're developing alternative investment programs. We are uh, going into tech and going into, um, my wife and I just started a Broadway theater uh, oh, development company, uh, a production company, and, and we're producing a Broadway show with some very, very talented people that won uh, Tony's this last year. And so, again, being a smart family um, takes a lot of time and energy and patience with one another and, um, and, and allowing everyone to have a voice. You know, my sister is a music dance theater major. She came to me a few years ago and said, hey, do you want to invest in Anastasia, the, the Broadway show? And I was like, ah, you know, right then it was too, too much going on. It made a lot of money. And, you know, I should have listened to her. Um, you know, and so, and so we, do, we actually have G2 meetings once a year where all five of us in the second gen get together and we discuss what's going on with all of us in where we are in our heads and where we are with our satisfaction of what we're doing in the company or not doing in the company, where we are with uh, what our goals and our passions are, what we want to do with our lives, what you know, any financial needs that people might need that might take them out of co-investing with the family. So we try and be as vulnerable as possible as, as family members to allow uh, for the best understanding. How, how Do we work together on a daily basis? Me and Chris and Adam all work together on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. Chad is just right down the street. So four, the four brothers all live within 10 miles of each other in Orange County. Michelle is out in Orange County quite a bit. My mom has a place out there. She lives, Michelle and my mom live in Utah right now. Thank you. And uh, my dad uh, lives at the, uh, the uh, Waldorf Astoria. We moved him in there a few years ago and uh, he's got a condo right on the golf course. And, it's probably the best, uh, we call it the best senior assisted living ever. <laughs> but yes. uh, he's literally right in between all of us. And so we have all the, the marquee men within 10, 10 miles of How are we giving other. up responsibilities? Does each person run a company or is there? You know, I, I'm, the, I'm the CEO and chairman. Uh, Adam's the president and Chris is basically the CIO. And, uh, and we, we, we all have our own silos. Like uh, I'm working on the management company with Adam kind of helping me on that. And then Adam does a lot of the quality control and the capital investment into our portfolio, 40 hotels. And he has a flair for design. He has a flair for capital. He has a, um, he has a good rapport with people. Um, Chris uh, has a great passion. And, and it's interesting because both Adam and I have both been in Chris's position as kind of the CIO. Yeah. So all of us are investment people. I mean, that's, that's, I was a finance guy in Wall Street. That's, that's my whole background. Adam's background was at PKF with Bruce Bolton. And so he's, a, he's one of the Bolton disciples and uh, you know, has this great understanding of operating hotels and, and what, what we need in hotels to be successful with our personnel and with the facilities. Uh, and then Chris came from GE Capital, so he's uh, more of a, a structure guy and uh, worked with uh, equity and debt and all those kind of things. And he also had a little bit of a brokerage background uh, going to what your passion is. And so he understands the brokers and he, he's, Chris is phenomenal with his broker relationships and everyone loves him in the industry and he's kind of, kind of the, the fun brother. <laughs> he gets to be. Yeah, he gets fun, to be the fun yeah, brother. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, all right, let's, we talk about the family. This yeah. is great. Thank you for opening you up bet. and sharing. Let's Absolutely. talk about the business and yeah. the direction. Maybe we're okay. picking on Chris right now, the chief investment officer, yeah. but what's the direction of the business? We got 40 hotels. You mm -hmm. just said that. Yep. How are we growing? How many are we shrinking? We growing? You know, where are we growing? We are, we are, I think everyone coming out of the pandemic is right-sizing. Um, 
Yeah. Business is difficult. It's not as easy as it was. Um, you know, we have people working remotely. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Because everyone's feeling it. Oh, you know, I, I talk, again, you know, through our YPO uh, network, a lot of peer learning about how we're all in the same boat. And, and quite honestly, yeah. just to, not to be a YPO commercial, but YPO during the pandemic was really life-saving. Getting on the, uh, a phone with peers and having a, I, I was so proud of our industry being collaborative and not being cutthroat. Uh, there was a very good opportunity for us to be very cutthroat on each other. And I think we, as an industry, decided to be collaborative. And uh, I think that got everyone through it as intact as possible. Listen, we felt um, it uh, self-serving, but not meaning to be. We felt it through the Teague Talks, yes. right? We just sort of organically did yeah. that, canceled the conference, put it out there, and everyone wanted to know. And yeah. everyone, all of our guests, all of our, were very sharing. Mm -hmm. And it was very clear even through their sharing that they were talking to peers. That's right. And the peers were like, what did you do? I, mm -hmm. I just had to lay off 1,000 people, 10,000 yeah, people. Exactly. What have you done? And they're yeah. like, I did the same. It's okay. We're going to get it through. I remember like calling my calling one of my forum mates and just saying, hey, you know, I, I just broke down my garage. Yeah. yeah. I came home. I just couldn't handle it anymore. I had to lay off another 500 people. Yeah, kid. And it's just, yeah. it was brutal. And um, probably the most difficult decision that I've ever had to make in my career was during that time. But coming out yeah. of it, we're we, all a little we PTSD. And, uh, you know, I think we're all a little gun shy. We all are dealing with uh, labor issues, um, people having left the industry for good, yeah. um, having to bring in kind of a new generation of people to train up and, and, and having this remote thing that has really been challenging, at least from our, my perspective, we lose so much by not having people in the office communicating around the water cooler, mm -hmm. what, what you used to call the water cooler talks. And, Having that culture build through those discussions, I mean, we built our whole office around that. We have, we have 1,200 square feet of just break room where we have games and soft seating and all this stuff that you know, went unused for you know, years, and we lost culture. And so as you know, we just came back from, uh, this is a shirt from our latest uh, quarterly thing. It's a Survivor uh, theme shirt with our, uh, with our values. But we, we actually, during the pandemic, we did uh, attack our mission statement, our, our vision statement, our values, and we read it all. We did a new three and 10 year plan. Wait, what, and are, they? what are your, what, what are the values? Can you name them? I'm like, you yeah. need to read I'm upside like, down. Collaborative. I know mine because I'm collaborative <laughs> and driven. That's mine. I really love those. Dynamic and gracious are also the ones that speak to all of us. I mean, being gracious, I mean, we learned so much about being gracious during the pandemic. Yeah. It was, you know, allowing people to feel pain, to feel uh, loss and to 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 actually support people as they were trying to struggle to come back, you know. I think it. Was I think it's important. Us. We don't hear that enough. I mean, we hear all these driven and all mm -hmm. this, but we don't hear yeah. grace. I think yeah. we need to show more grace. Absolutely. In the world. Yeah. Good for you. It's a it's a, a it's a big thing we're missing in society in general. Yeah. And I, I I love the fact that uh, our team came up with these. Uh, I had I had very little to do with these ones. We had we had one for our investment company that I was a little more involved in and one for the operating company, which I let Adam and, uh, and uh, some of our leaders in the company at the time deal with. And they came up with things that just blended so perfectly with our investment uh, values and mission statement. And it just, it really did show that, you know, we, we were all on the same page of what we're trying to do as a company. Now, to get back to your original question is where we're going for Pacifica. Uh, we're at about, you know, 38 to 40 hotels, depending on the day. Uh, we have some in development. Um, we are continuing to add third-party partners, but we're being very selective. One thing we learned, we added some people before the pandemic, and then during the pandemic when the chips were down, we found out kind of what kind of partners they were. And uh, we're, not, yeah. we're not taking on partners that don't align with us in these values. 
uh, being gracious, being driven, being uh, looking, looking for uh, opportunity for the long term. I mean, we've always been long-term investors. Uh, some of our assets in our partnerships go back 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, I think you cheated by being in California. It helps. When you're it does Tron, help. It does help. Time now, helps. Now, if our last a... two assets, Portland and Seattle, we're, you know, it's funny because, I, you know, we've always been a little more of a uh, conservative type of investor where we say, okay, you know, if you look at where the markets are, you know, the really smart guys start buying right here before the curve gets to the bottom and then they're buying all the way through the curve and then they're buying up. We used to get in kind of here. Of course. You know, hey, everyone. hey, everyone's starting to make money again. Let's get in there and we get a couple deals. And what happens is your velocity and even, you know, how far your deals go up is somewhat managed because you're catching it on the upside. You know, with, with Portland and Seattle, we feel like we've really timed it in this kind of trough of the Northwest where it got some bad publicity during the pandemic. These are two phenomenal cities. So help me, did you just buy two hotels, one in Portland, one in Seattle? Mm -hmm. The two vintages that were uh, Kimpton's, Kimpton's assets. And we've kept Kimpton in there. They're doing a great job managing these assets. Uh, the brands are doing well. Uh, they're very highly respected in the Northwest. And so right now, we're uh, again, we're opportunistic investors. Um, when we looked at them, we're like, wow, those would make great Wayfarers. But you know what? They're great Kimptons. So right now, we're looking at it from the standpoint of risk and return, and we're yep. saying, Right now, we think they're better off as Kimptons. So you're bad. I like this. Contrarian, sort of mm -hmm. buy low, mm -hmm. uh, sell high. Nice, nice yeah. strategy. Do you are you? You heard of that one? Before? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow that one. Good tip. Um, I'm guessing that your belief is that somewhere in there it's going to get fixed and come back. Yeah. So you're believing the politics, the exactly. business, anti is going to come back. Yeah. And it'll be a bit, how long do you think that takes? You know. There's a logic behind it, and unfortunately right now there are some cities out there that you go and look at and go, well, the logic didn't play out as well as you thought it would. But, uh, and we actually are looking at a little bit in San Francisco Yeah, now. would you buy in San Francisco? Um, yeah, you know, we're actually looking at a deal right now. You can't talk about it too much, Great, but, no. uh, but it, it, you know, it's a deal we really like. And at the basis that you can buy it at, it's like you, you can't ever buy in San Francisco like That's that. Exactly and right. so you say, you have, what you have to do is you say, I'm buying it for X, I'm going to spend Y, in the lean Carrying years it. while I carry it. And then what is X and Y gonna be? Is, that, is Z gonna be a price that I'm still happy at? And sorry, but can your investors hold through that? Yes, right? Is yes, your capital exactly. patient enough? Exactly. If it's family office, it's more longer term, we're gonna buy that, it, it's okay. And if again, it's private equity, no, I need a return right now. I need cash flow, that's my investors right. want it right now. And I'll tell you right now, for the most part, we try and align ourselves with a more long-term investment okay. Uh, viewpoint, which is why we're really transitioning. What's the capital structure? Is it family? Or it's, is it... we're, we're doing more family office. Probably 50% of our equity or more comes from family office these days. I'm working on a new platform with a couple of MBA buddies of uh, trying to, to, to corral uh, some professional athletes. Um, because yeah. again, that's another group of investors that really should be in assets long term. I mean, you know, if you look yes. at your average, uh, you know, we, we've all heard the, heard the horror stories. We all have the friends who are the former NBA players that don't have yes. the wealth that they earned over the, the life of their career. They were to take 10% of their salaries. Now, granted, that's a lot at the gross level because Nobody, by the time yeah, it gets chopped yeah. up, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty lean for them. But, you know, they're still, they're not, they're not getting hungry. But if they took 10% through a 10 or 15 year career, they would never have to work again after their career right. because they would have cash flow, a passive income that would really allow them to just live probably whichever lifestyle they wanted to live. It's the and Magic Johnson, right? I mean, his, exactly. his documentary Magic, is out now. And there are, there, the there, there's, some great, there's some great um, people 
in the in, in in any all the professional sports that have done that. Magic's a great example of that. He he started listening. He made some good friends in the business communities. He allowed himself to be available, and people tutored him when he was younger. And now he's tutoring young athletes and and being a really good voice voice uh, to to young uh, athletes in in the industries. But um, putting away that money early and letting it compound and grow and then just having that passive income. I mean, you and I have done that probably throughout our, our whole careers. And at this point in our lives, we, we work for the passion. We work for, uh, we, we don't necessarily work for the money anymore because if you've done that right at this point in our careers, you don't need to work. And so you're doing it for the passion. You're doing it to really pass on some of this knowledge to other people and, and to continue to do fun stuff like this. Yeah, so. my add-on would be the the older you get, the more patient you get. Really? Right? I mean, when yes. you're young, it's like I gotta have it now. I gotta yeah. be a home run. I gotta and I got and I, I, right I, I added it out in five years. Exactly right. So what you what we said exactly is that right. you know buy sell or buy buy low, sell high. We buy low and hold. Yeah, you forever. Do. Forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, we we only sell when people come to us and offer us a ridiculous amount of money for our assets. So, which has happened. It has happened, yeah. yeah. It has. Uh, which we could dive into that psychology. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier to buy than it is to sell. We say it all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, when we sold uh, King Cam, which was our largest asset, 460 rooms in Kona, to Blackstone, it took a year. Yeah. Uh, it didn't help that the volcano was going off and they wanted to see how that played out. But I'm like, so we're just going to watch a natural disaster for the life. It's yeah. <laughs> the life. You but get to hold but it. you know what? They closed on it in 2019. For us, that was a phenomenal transformational thing for our family and our company to be able to have that. Uh, it was a phenomenal deal. Uh, it didn't start out that way. I mean, at one point, it was 10 cents on the dollar of equity. I was calling my investors saying, hey, man, it's just, you know, we bought it right before the Great Recession. Basically put as much as we bought it for into the building, into the buildings and into the property. Um, we then had, an, it, was, it was the Brady Bunch. It was, it was tidal wave, uh, fire, earthquake, awesome. volcano. I mean, we had every natural disaster. Every time it happened, I, I heard that little, you know, when Greg Brady had the tarantula going up and he had the idol on him. Every time something would happen, I'm like, man. But every time we seem to be able to, again, this goes back to um, perseverance through adversity. Um, you know, the true, I, I really believe the true form of leadership is, is how well you lead in adversity. I mean, anyone can lead when things are, when the wind's behind you. Uh, you just have to point them in a decent direction and you're going to get there. Uh, it's when it's tough, when you're having a pandemic, when you're having the Great Recession. Do you give up on an asset and just say, hey, you know, there's a lot of, I talk to a lot of people, especially shorter term investors, will say, well, it doesn't make sense for me because of the way my promote's structured. I just need to give up on this asset, let it go back to the bank, or, you know, we just call it a day and, you know, move on. We continue to work because we do a little different promote structure that's not quite as cumulative because we feel like the cumulative can really hurt you when markets shift. Yep. And then you give up equity. And, and this deal, you know, we got down to 10 cents on the dollar. We sold it for, I think, 2.6, 2.8 times um, our original investment. Congrats. So that was a tremendous deal um, and really changed us. Now, Blackstone had its own challenges during the, the, the pandemic. Yeah. But today, that asset, I think when we bought it, it was doing $99 ADR. I believe it's doing something in the you know high 200s now. Uh, and just, you know, the F&B, everything is just crushing it. It's a great asset for, uh, for Blackstone. It's a great asset for us to be involved with with Blackstone. We have a great relationship with them and their, and their team. And just really, it, it's, been a, it's been a phenomenal learning experience, which 
my feeling in life is all you come out of life is is what you learn. Um, all right, give me, listen, you're a bright guy. I learn a lot. Give me your crystal ball. We've been in highs and lows, highs and lows very quickly. <sighs> Boy, I'm, I'm coming, I, I'm just coming off of a, a trip to Morocco uh, where my daughter uh, celebrated her marriage uh, with her, uh, with our new in-laws. Sure. Phenomenal. Yeah, sure. And so I'm, I'm, I, I'm having a little bit of an international perspective right now because I had a lot of interesting conversations with my, my, my new family over there who are very, very Congrats. intelligent people. Scholarly people, not not like the Marquis, not, not like the Marquis, yeah. 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 And uh, and it was interesting, you know. More and more, it seems like we're going to have a little bit softer of a landing. Okay. Um, I'll tell you, interest rates right now is painful. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. we have been a fixed in interest rate type of group forever, and probably in the last six to seven years, we started seeing those really low floaters, and we're like, you know what, you know interest rates have been low forever. It's like now we're just, you know, and, and everyone's in that boat. Uh, you know, for the most part, I think 80% of investors in our in our world probably use floating rates and those kind of things and to make deals work. Uh, now those have become painful. And like in some of ours that we have floating rates on, I mean, it's really eating up pretty much all the cash flow. Um, and uh, and that's, that's painful right now. But um, I think we see a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not the train coming for us. I think it is the end of the tunnel and uh, Hopefully, we'll start seeing those interest rates go down. I think that will take some pressure off some of these uh, these uh, financings that are coming due. Um, I do think that in the Great Recession, we uh, proved out extend and pretend, and so I think that's always in the back pocket of all bankers. Is yep. that extend and pretend is a is a true and tried uh, a virtue in our industry and is good for everyone. Um, I think uh, we've proven that now over a couple different cycles. Um, I think that we will start seeing some life in the next 18 months or so. Okay. You know, politics, again, unfortunately play too much these days, it seems like, into our industry. Um, with some of the labor things, um, with some of the health care things, um, you know, the labor ones are getting really difficult in California. Um, and we're starting to see companies leave, and it, it's yeah. sad. I, I get worried about uh, California business. So Yeah, how worried are you? I'm very worried. In fact, it's so much so that we are... We are actually discussing uh, strategies of uh, uh, investing more outside of California into key markets uh, like Nashville and New Orleans and Miami and and uh, you know stuff in the southeast where you are. So I'm just I'm, I know I'm I know it's becoming a, a Teague a Hunter right. a Hunter right. Hotels commercial right now. That's what it is. I know I I I uh, I'm definitely going to. Uh, to our uh, Hunter Conference uh, to go uh, sniff around the Southeast next year, yeah. All right, so but I'm gonna call you out because you said San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, and then on the heels of that, you said Nashville, Miami. Yeah. So you went from the least hot, the yeah. coldest markets to exactly. the hottest markets. Well, again, you know, we are opportunistic. We always have been. I mean, when when you're the promotion company for Evil Knievel Snake River <laughs> Jump, which is what one of the things we did. I, I'm, I'm I'm starting to write a book for my grandchildren. You that, that eventually, if this I is a have great them, idea. yeah, one day, one day, if I get lucky to have them, or terrible, uh, yeah, or terrible, but uh, you get you, back. You with should. It. Your stories are incredible. But no, you but but I I did. I did it right before the Snake River jump. Evil Knievel came to our house and had dinner at our house. It was just bizarre. It was the 70s. Sure. And, uh, and me and my brother did. did an air band for him. And uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's just weird stuff like that. And so I think that... Weird marquees. Yeah, I think if you can really find passion in anything that you're doing, you know, like doing these hotels, we're, try we're trying to make the best experiences possible for our guests at our hotels. And you know, it's hard today. The standard is so hard. I get I get emails 
almost every day about like disgruntled guests, you know, hey, I didn't get this done or whatever. And you try and deal with it, but there's only so much we can do and the labor's tough. Um, getting our team on staff to, you know, understand to, hey, you know, this isn't just a paycheck. We, we need to provide experiences. I did a TED talk um, at a corporate retreat several years ago and I talked about how our, our assets, our properties in our industry are really backdrops to some of the most important life experiences yeah. that people have. Celebrating anniversaries, repairing relationships, family reunions. Um, it could be um, grandma's got cancer and she's only got a couple months to live and we're going on one big trip to Hawaii and we're going to stay at the King Cam uh, because that's what we did growing up. Uh, we have people here at this hotel that have been coming for 30 years and you know it's it's traditions it's 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 the memories it's the yeah. stuff of life and so i think the more we as hoteliers from from our from our staff at the hotel all the way up to our ceos and our boards understanding that those experiences are really what it's all about i listen i think you're and if i'm wrapping up thank you for sitting down with you me bet. uh <laughs> Incredibly entertaining you human just, being. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Intelligent, entertaining human being. Uh, uber talented family. Thank you. So, cheers to you guys. Great story. Yeah. These are the things we love in our industry. This is the connections that we're all trying to make. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you're doing some decent things with real estate yeah. and in the hotel business. Yeah. You understand all the operational challenges. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're growing a phenomenal team. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that translates to the next generation. Yeah. I think it, I think I think we're planning for that and. Uh, you know, we love aligning with families like you guys. I mean, the Hunter family, finding all these families, you know, the Lowe's, I, I mean, you know, Rakesh yeah. and Vomsey, all these guys that, you know, get to meet in this industry are just, you know, they're just phenomenal people. And it's so, I, I truly have some of my best friends that have come out of the hotel industry. And, and it's fun to meet talented, creative, passionate people. And it, and it keeps the passion in me too. I love it. I, more people in this industry. Yeah, we're we're. It's a great place. It's, it's a, a great, great place to work. Place. It is. Yeah. more people. Let's in our let's industry. make this a little uh, recruitment into the hotel industry. Let's video. do this. Pass it off. Yeah. We do have a lot of students to watch. Yes, You're making yes. a good choice. Uh, Matt, I'll appreciate it. Anytime Hunter and Lowe's family can be put in the same sentence. Yeah, uh, I'll take it. You're hey. a good friend. Good friend, buddy. Thank I you. I always enjoy hanging with you. Uh, me too. Thanks All for right. the time. All right, you let's bet. go surf. Let's go surf. <laughs> <laughs>